This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Just one. We are asking for just one Super Bowl before we die here on Purple Dailies. Uh, I'm Jesse Pierce, normally hanging out at a rink covering all things Minnesota Wild. But this week in particular, I'm just a disappointed football fan. My Cyclones lost. The Vikings let me down on Sunday. It's been a rough weekend. Let's not even get into the fantasy football. You all know him. He is sports dad, Judd Zolget. And over here, we've got producer Ross. Ross, why are you a Vikings fan? Well, the pain lets me know that I'm still alive, Jesse. So classic. First of all, how are we all feeling after Sunday, after the weekend in general? Again, we don't need to get into college football, but the Cyclones really put the first dagger in my heart, which the Vikings finished out with a 20-17 to loss to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm pretty sour about the about the uh, Vikings loss. That was, If you look at the schedule, that's a pretty damn important game. And I don't really think Tampa Bay won that game. I think the Vikings lost that game. So, um, I, in fact, today on our uh, on our live episode of Purple Daily, I said this was, in my opinion, in 19 games as coach of this team, 19 games that mean something, this was Kevin O'Connell's worst coaching performance. I felt the whole thing was really a letdown, and especially when you face the Eagles on Thursday night in Philadelphia, which you can't count on a win there. So, disappointment. Three turnovers, that's really bad in the first half. Um, six penalties, including some absolute killers. Very disappointed with how that uh, game went and how the season started, Roscoe. I know it's one game and it's not the entire season. We'll probably spend some time on that later on in this edition of Before I Die, but I don't know how you can't be disappointed. Who knows? Maybe at the end of the year, the Buccaneers are a pretty good team. Maybe they're competing for a playoff spot. Maybe they win their division. Doesn't seem likely. Yesterday was all about the Vikings not doing their job and leaving the door open for the Buccaneers all day long, who did just enough right to win the game, specifically late in the second quarter and to start the second half, where they ate up basically two-thirds of the third quarter and continued to do just enough again offensively to keep the ball, convert on third downs, score a touchdown, Judd, winning basically the final four minutes of the first half and the first eight minutes of the second half. Very tough recipe for the Vikings to overcome and win the football game. So overall, pretty darn disappointed in week one. Especially when you look at this is a team that went 11-0 and in one-score games last year, now 0-1 in one-score games. You guys are right. 
it's one game. It's opening, but everything about yesterday felt very preseason from the poor decision-making by Kirk Cousins, KOC calling some very questionable things as well. And in general, a team that was up and, and over the moon last year in the second half completely disappeared. There was no offense. There were so many different struggles. Now, before we get into the bad things, because there were some good, there were some decent, let's pull that out. The good only allowed 242 yards, the lowest total in a game since 2020. How do we feel about the defense? Obviously, we had talked about Brian Flores needs to come in here. The bar was on the ground. I didn't hate what I saw yesterday. I didn't love it. I didn't love a lot of things that goes on both sides of the ball. But in particular, Judd, how do you think the defense performed in week one? I thought for the most part that the defense actually for how horrific it was a year ago, and that was largely, in my opinion, because the scheme, I thought the defense played pretty well. Like, I don't blame this loss on the defense. This is supposed to be an offensive team. And they generated, here's what I don't get. So, like, if you look at the box score, you know, they generated 369 yards to the Buccaneers generating 242. That's pretty good. But they only rushed for 41 yards, the Vikings did. And so, you know, this is O'Connell's team. This is an offensive first team now. So I am not willing to, although there were there were some breakdowns, I'm not going to uh, sit here after you give 20 points to Tampa Bay and say the defense is the problem. I was really disappointed. I thought the offense, for all of its statistical success, I thought the offense just didn't look in sync. It didn't look prepared. And, like, the Addison touchdown, I said, okay, here they go. Like, now we're going to start to see this. This game's going. I kept waiting for the Vikings to take this game by the throat, and it never happened. And so, like, this to me was a very important eye game test because I think if you look at the stats or Kirk's stats, you're like, oh, you didn't play that poorly. Yeah, that, that ah, tough loss. Um, but if you watched it, the frustration of the game and the fact that it it felt off almost the entire afternoon, really disturbing against a team that I don't agree with Ross. I think the Buccaneers are going to suck. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be good. That's putting it nicely. They're not. No. I don't think they want to win. Yeah. Like, you know, they got Baker, Baker Mayfield. And did Baker Mayfield, beyond a few passes, he didn't do anything where I said, okay, that that's Baker Mayfield, you know, at his best. So. He had a nice um, little scramble. He did all right. I mean, he, you know. He, well, yeah, he did. Although. Ivan Pace, dude, don't pull up on that play because yeah. that allowed that third down scramble to turn into a first down. And Pace did do some good things. But yeah, I thought that this was a game that you had to watch to sort of get the undercurrent of what went wrong because the box score, in my opinion, only tells a very small portion of the story. And I think namely the offense, as you'd mentioned, Judd, that is the problem. Ross, 10 minutes, three possessions in the final 30 for mm. the second half, particularly looking at Justin Jefferson. He had two catches for just 12 yards in that second half what on earth was going on why was jj not getting especially after he torched them for seven catches 138 yards in the first half well i don't specifically even know how that happens and i know judd will weigh in here but at some point don't west phillips and kevin o'connell have to look at it early to mid fourth quarter and say this is the guy we need to force feed the ball to i like kj osborne kj osborne fan club i'd rather <laughs> take my chances of force feeding it into Justin Jefferson where he can maybe make a miraculous catch than hoping that K.J. Osborne makes one. I'll pile on a little bit. Sure, K.J. Osborne probably needs to make that catch. 
definitely could have been a better pass from Kirk Cousins as well. Mm -hmm. So it's tough to put it on just one player. However, when you go back to the time of possessions and only being able to get the ball to Justin Jefferson a handful of times, again, tough to do anything when you don't have the football for two thirds of a quarter. (laughs) That Tampa Bay Buccaneers drive lasted eight minutes and 59 seconds to start the second half. Start the second half. Brutal. And the defense was gassed. Yeah, and that's it. it. I thought the defense was a lot better, and I think there's good signs, even though, yeah, Tampa Bay probably isn't going to be very good. I think we saw good signs, but as that game went on, Tampa Bay, you heard it during the broadcast, we're going to keep running the football because it needs to be part of our game plan. Well, that obviously, as the game went on, was wearing the Vikings' defense down. I think Tampa Bay finished with what? 73 total rushing yards? Not a lot, but the majority of them were in the second half, and what they allowed that to do for Tampa Bay was keep drives going. They would get three or four at a time. They would make it third and short versus third and long. Again, just tough to overcome that. The Justin Jefferson thing, I I honestly, I don't know. Like, is that just a one-game thing? Is that a fluke? I know a lot of people going into the year were wondering, boy, how good can Justin Jefferson really be? He's going to get double or triple teamed. Well, newsflash, he was double and triple teamed last year and still put up great numbers. So I want to see how it plays out in the the upcoming weeks. And again, maybe that's just a not having the ball thing. But then again, the routes that he caught the ball on, Judd, were what? Basically two two short routes where he didn't get more than five yards downfield. You got to get Justin Jefferson downfield and in space, not a wide receiver screen or a quick out. The Osborne uh, uh, pick at the two is a bad pass because, as Kirk said, I was trying. So Kirk said that the ball was slightly behind KJ, who essentially was in double coverage because he didn't want to lead KJ into the hit itself. He was trying to, but I'm with Ross. That's not a KJ Osborne ball. That's, That's not a, a catch. No. Maybe, maybe an maybe an Addison ball for sure. A Jefferson ball, um, and. KJ did start the game along with uh, Justin Jefferson. In fact, I think they started the game in 12 personnel, so they deployed two tight ends. Addison was off the field. That just needs to switch right now. Like, KJ Osborne is a good three. He is. But Kirk trusts him so much. It's like, no, Kirk. You know, Kirk falls into these patterns of who he trusts and who, and KJ Osborne is very good at what he does. But forcing a ball into him is a recipe for disaster. We've had plays before last season where Kirk asked too much of KJ. If KJ comes open, he's going to make the catch and he's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about an intricate type of, you know, you got to beat the man and then you're going to be covered, Osborne, that's not his play. It might be Jordan's. It for sure is Jefferson's. But let's talk about the end of this game too. So, the Vikings scored a touchdown uh, on a 16-play drive on their third to final drive. The last two drives, no first down, six plays, punt, punt. That's the game there, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm not going to blame the defense. You've got to stay on the field, you know? This is an offensive first team. You have to stay on the field. And, yes, when you keep asking your defense, go out there again, go out there again, guess what? Playing the style that they're going to play, those guys were completely gassed. Um, I just can't say this enough. To me... The Vikings beat the Vikings, and I put this almost exclusively on an offense that I thought let them down, despite the stats. I don't want to give this out, and sorry, Jesse, but I I do think it's worth talking about because you see this 
all across the NFL now. Everybody's approach to preseason is slightly different. Were the Vikings hurt at all by virtually no starters playing at all in the preseason? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You have all the scrimmages where you were playing, what, you had a couple scrimmages with both the Titans and Cardinals. So I'd like to think that that's not the case. But, I mean, honestly, I don't know. The whole thing was a clunker. For as good as the numbers looked, did it ever feel like I never had that feeling? I know a lot of people did. I saw it on Twitter. Oh, this still feels like it's a one score game. The Vikings will win or it feels like they'll turn it yeah. on at some point. It never felt that way to me. The whole game just yeah. felt clunky and disjointed. Yeah, it just it felt it was very sloppy. I think that was my favorite adjective yesterday. Just the sloppiness. I think I called it trash at one point in time. I was a little frustrated, guys. Got a little heated <laughs> at the household yesterday. Another part of that offensive scheme that we saw that struggled the run game obviously we now got to see alexander madsen underwhelming to say the best i'm trying to think of right like very kind of meh i mean i didn't have high expectations for this by any stretch of the imagination um and he had the one to to go and break a tackle and and eventually get a touchdown but alexander madsen how did we feel at him uh filling delvin cook's former role on the run game it's blocking too like we can't just blame the uh the back himself but i will say this because i've seen a lot of you know well now you see why dalvin shouldn't have been let go dalvin (laughs) cook did not have a good year dalvin cook had a few big runs and if you give madison the rock enough he will have a few bit big runs but you're we're talking about establishing a run game and dalvin cook lost a ton of yards um this team needs to flat out though establish a run game because the problem is if you continue down the path that this team went down in week one what you're going to see is teams aren't going to care about or bite on play action and now you're trying to have play action and teams are like yeah no 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 we're not going to bite on that crap and so i was underwhelmed and i actually think that that was a huge part of that game because if you had established the run game guess what you don't have and this is the stat to me that's really damning for the offense 11 series by the Vikings, six three and outs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the damning stat. And that is born out of the fact of what? Incompletion, run, incompletion, incompletion, punt. And so um, the run game being as ineffectual as it was, a definite problem. And if you can't, and this is going to be tough, if you go down the same path in Philadelphia on Thursday, you know what? I would advise you don't get on, don't get on that big bird. Well, don't get on I- that big bird. Just stay home. And Can I'll you do the, that? Can you just say, nah, like, we're good. We're, it's we'll football, just sit this one football's out. football's version of the intentional walk. You just fly over, right? You get near the city. <laughs> no, you don't even going. fly over. You just grind it. You know what? We're trying to save stay gas home. in this country. Airline jet fuel, right? Just stay home. Just stay home with us and watch something on Thursday night. I'm sure it's a, a great TV night. On the yes. run game, I never thought I would say this. But losing Bradbury hurts. He's a much better run blocker than he is pass blocker he goes down right away yeah. uh, we're out we already have multiple different stories on the uh ed in ed ingram jab that caused the fumble whether it was cousins fault schlotman's or ingram's it's probably more ingram's than anybody's but ed ingram big problem so that that's two that's two main problems right there in the run game is you lost your center who's a better run blocker than a pass blocker ed ingram's a problem no matter how you want to talk about him. Ezra Cleveland, I think, is okay. He's not great. The Vikings' biggest problem right now in the run game is from the outside in, on the outside, they're pretty darn good with O'Neal and Derisaw, who's also banged up. Derisaw is. The other three, I don't know. Cleveland, probably at this point, a, a pretty good starter in the league. 
The other two, I mean, I don't know what you would grade Bradbury, like a six out of 10. He had a nice year last year, but again, better in the run game. And the Ed Ingram thing, man, we're getting dangerously close to that just needing to be done. And I I don't know how you handle it, whether you're going outside the organization. My hunch is if you had better options internally, you'd be using them. So I don't know how you fix that quickly. You don't put Schlotman for your number ones at Lake. And right now, I believe, Judd, correct me if I'm wrong, Bradbury, day-to-day with the back injury. He ain't playing Thursday. See, there you go. That's a tough turnaround. It might even be a tough turnaround. Might be tough for Darisaw, too. Yeah, He's got an ankle. Unless it's broken, tape it up. I don't want my (laughs) tackles lead. Like, okay, he won't be as good as he should should be. But you're talking about Ole Udo starting or a hobbled Darisaw. That's a hockey one, Jess. That's Let's one go. where you tape it up and you go. And it, yeah, it hurts. It sucks. But guess what? The Bradbury one, I don't think he can play through it. Like, it's a bad back. I'm not, I don't think you, you can't ask a guy who hikes a ball while bent over at the waist <laughs> to do that yeah. with a bad back. That's I bruised my tailbone this weekend, guys, and that is very, very painful. What'd you do? I slipped on some stairs accidentally. Um, kids' toy. A couple adult beverages possibly were involved. We're not. We're not sure. Sources oh, can't I would confirm. Have lo- I'd love to hear the recording there, of the words that came from your mouth. There is. We can't review it. It's not season ending. Thankfully, I don't think Bradbury's season ending either. But you're right. Like that role, kind of need a good back. Generally helpful. Did or, the kids learn some new words? They did. Yeah, they've they've heard those before. They okay. they've been around again. They have been around. Speaking of Philly, though, you guys. What does this mean? Now the Vikings are 0-1, played pitiful. I'm just going to call it a pitiful game. It really was not good. Short week, going into Philly, who is coming off their victory against the New England Patriots, 25-220 on the road. How nervous now are you that the Vikings will start 0-2, especially because on the road. Then you look ahead, you got the Chargers at home, KC at home. What does this mean for the start of the season for your Minnesota Vikings? I expect it. I, I mean, I expect them. I'll be very, very surprised if they they win. Philly went into New England, into Foxborough, didn't play a great game and won. Like, on the road. That's impressive. Like, they are a, be- they are a better team. Um, I guess I have questions. Like, defensively, it's one thing to play what I thought was, for the most part, a pretty strong game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. It's another to go into Philadelphia and play against um, Jalen Hurts, who's going, you know, who's going to run more, who's going to do a lot of things well. Um, I think it's a problem, but I firmly expect that by uh, late Thursday night, the Vikings will be 0-2, and I will be very impressed, I think, if they're not 0-2. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The NFL's weird. So to me, this feels like a game somehow, some way the Vikings will play well, but still lose probably in like that touchdown area. Maybe it's mm-hmm. close late. The Eagles win late, or maybe it's the classic game where the Vikings are never really in it. 
but they're also maybe just slightly out of it. Or you can go the other way, never out of it, but never really in it either. To me, it'll just be interesting to see what does what does the team look like? How do they respond? How much fight is there after what is a pretty big letdown? And I I know it's early in the season. Look, teams can recover from being zero and two, but as we talked about heading into the Buccaneers game, if you start off zero and two, the math starts to get dicey really early. If you're going to play the schedule game of win here, lose there, win here, lose there, Chargers at home won't be easy. Kansas City at home, I know the Lions beat them, but Kansas City's probably going to have Kelsey back and Jones will probably be playing. You know, it's a different Kansas City team that the Minnesota Vikings will be seeing than what the Detroit Lions saw, albeit a very impressive victory to go on the road and win opening night like they did. So I don't know. I'm with Judd. I kind of I kind of expect a loss. I think I, most of us realistically would have expected one before the week one debacle against the Buccaneers, but it seems likely, but we'll watch. We'll have fun, and maybe they'll surprise us and win a football game. Losing you never is not know. fun. Losing is not yeah. fun. Say with me. Losing damn, is not fun. Damn points, too. Like, <laughs> if you need to get in a shootout against the Chargers or Chiefs, mm-hmm. then do that. Score yeah. points. Yeah. Like, like, you're supposed to – you are based on offense now. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what drove me crazy was I didn't think the game plan was great. I certainly didn't think the play was great. But it's Tampa Bay. You had enough to win. Just go out and score 28 points. We talked about this last year on Before I Die an awful lot, Jesse. I thought it was fun to see Oliver get involved in the passing game. I think we all knew that that was going to happen. It was nice to see another downfield option. Three targets to CJ Ham is at least two too many, maybe three too many. That's that. There, he Well, here here's the problem. O'Connell is using him to block because he does not trust, rightfully so, his line. I also think he doesn't totally trust Madison and definitely Chandler to block. So he's using Ham to block. But he, but but herein lies where I, I agree, and C.J. Ham's play has to be pulled back. He is a baby blanket for Kirk. Yes. And so, so Kirk is checking down because when Kirk starts to hyperventilate Kirk style, he looks to Ham and he's like, he's right there, he's right there, I'll just throw it to him. And that's not the option. The uh, and and he caught a bunch of passes, but where was the TJ Hawkinson sort of as George Kittle role? Mm-hmm. That's what I also you know what? In his last two catches on Sunday, TJ Hawkinson minus seven yards. Yes. Behind that's the line. Good of thing scrimmage. we got that contract done. Good thing. But he yep, can go down. There, there's nothing that says he can't go down, you know, catch a ten yard pass. Yeah. Is the Bad back and bad ear still bothering him. I just it drives me crazy because watch how the Niners use Kittle, who is a very good player, but the Hawks a fine pass catcher. And then explain to me how he's catching balls again from Kirk behind the line of scrimmage, you know. And and just to be clear, T.J. Hawkinson ain't exactly Twinkle Toes. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. So he so he catches the ball three yards behind the line. What do you expect? He's just going to. Uh, evade the defender there's just a lot of in a lot of in my opinion dumb stuff yesterday it was it just it felt very very ineffective the, the play thinking wasn't fully thought through and it seemed a lot of panic which is the panic mode that i think vikings fans possibly are entering looking at this year again it was one game it's gonna be tough this week but you know there's a light on the horizon i want to take a peek guys around the rest of the division judd i'm gonna start with you on this one the kitty cats your Detroit Lions. Judd said he wasn't he wasn't sold believe. in. 
It yeah. was a good, good win against Kansas City on Thursday, 21 to 20. Are you believing now or you still have some big old questions for the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell? I'm believing a little bit more. Like, I need to see way more, but I was impressed. Like, you go in there and win. That's impressive. Uh, Jared Goff played well. Detroit. Now, what I'm curious about is as the season progresses and the temperature increases, what is Dan Campbell's coaching style at that point? But yes, for week one, I sur- I thought they'd get blown out. So I was extremely impressed that they went in to KC, by the way, followed by a bunch of their fans, which was cool to see. Yes. And, and just to be clear, too, I think if they're good, it's going to be more fun because we haven't seen them be consistently good forever. So, uh, yes, I am beginning to believe far more because you can't dismiss going into that stadium, which is like a college atmosphere, and coming away with a primetime win. It's impressive. I mean, Dan Campbell reminds me of the dude. I just want him to be having a white Russian with a robe all the time every time I see him. So I, I support him. When he's not I don't want to see him near a Jesse. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see him near a robe. I do. I think it'd be great. Bulking of a man. Uh, <laughs> Ross, meanwhile, Packer Country, our friends over next door, getting very excited about Jordan Love. He's the next uh, Aaron Rodgers, the next Brett Favre, you know, another quarterback that's fallen into their lap because yeah, the cor- they beat, wait for it, they beat the Bears, the Chicago Bears, who are just as grim and dismal as they were. How are we feeling, Ross? We'll start with you about uh, the Packers and Chicago after watching them duke it I, out yesterday. I don't really think we know what we learned. It's the classic case of it's going to take a few more weeks. I think we all surmised that the Bears were going to be better, probably not great. I think I said on this podcast, maybe as we were wrapping up the preseason. Oh, never mind. I didn't join you for any of the preseason. Oh, you weren't. Oh, must have, yeah, must have been off. Just yeah, like the Vikings yeah. must have been must have been week one. Uh, I think Jordan Love and the Packers are going to be just fine. I don't think they're going to be 14 and three good, but I think they're going to be fine and compete for a playoff spot. I think we saw that yesterday that they're going to be functional enough. That roster still has a lot of talent. I think Love is going to be pretty good. I don't know how great he's going to be. The jury's out on that. But going into yesterday, I think a lot of us would have logically thought that that was going to happen outside of the bears. I think the bears are better. They're not good. I mean, what the bears are probably going to win what somewhere between five and seven games. So they're going to get blown out of a lot of games. I think the Packers will win somewhere around 10 or 11 games. I really do. And that logically would have to be one of them. It is annoying though, to see the stat line from Jordan love, see him play well, look comfortable on the road, making a few of those Patrick Mahomes type ask sidearm throws and, and we're just here we are, middling in mediocrity again, <laughs> albeit only one week. So keep the faith. Keep the faith always. Let's uh let's dive into some quick comments from YouTube. Oh, and by the way, this yeah. week, because it's so grim, it's really basically just a comment from YouTube. Comments from YouTube. <laughs> this is so Vikings ask that we're here after just one week heading into uh, week two, just a few days away from the Minnesota Vikings. This comes from, I don't even want to say the name, but I'm going to guess. Uh, we'll go with Tothow7581. Judd, speaking directly to you, the Vikings starting 0-2 might be the best thing for this franchise. Can you say franchise quarterback? Question mark. Judd, Jesse, is it far too early to mail it in for 2023, or are we already there? Are we searching for the next quarterback one week into the season? 
Well, yes, they are, but they're not. Look, the Arizona Cardinals had a lead, I believe, pretty much throughout their game against uh, the Washington Commanders on Sunday. And you know what? They prevailed by losing. The Arizona Cardinals are going to win about two or three games. Um, I honestly think that there were probably some on the plane going back to Tampa who were like, why did we just win that game? What happened? You know? Baker Mayfield's our quarterback. How much better can we potentially do at the top of the draft? I think the Vikings are, I, I think worst case, they win seven or eight. Um, so I know what you're saying. I'm all for a good tank. Uh, this team is not, this team has too much talent to do a total tank. Um, and so, yes, it would be it would be great to find that QB. The only thing I could say that's good is it does appear that this draft might be deeper in QBs than first thought. Like there seem there seem to be a, there seems to be a lot of excuse me good college talent. Um, so perhaps there is a guy that Kevin O'Connell can identify, but it ain't going to be like a top two pick. Well, I know Phil said this going into the year, and I firmly believe this, and will basically repeat the talking point. Kirk Cousins could have got injured in training camp, and Nick Mullins is probably still good enough with this roster to win you four or five games. So to get a super high pick, you'd have to be awful. And that's just not going to happen for the Minnesota Vikings. However, maybe if you're drafting in the middle, it's easier to move up and find a quarterback. One of those quarterbacks, Judd, the Gophers will get a look at this upcoming weekend when they Mm -hmm. take on Drake May in North Carolina. So if you're a Vikings fan, not necessarily a college football fan, Saturday at 2.30, you can take a look at one of those alleged top five or top ten picks in Drake May quarterback for North Carolina. Here's my take on this. Jesse, that's you. Yes, yes, I've seen this script before. Here's what's going to happen. Vikings are going to go into Philly. They're going to win. All of a sudden, all the fans are going to be like, yes, we're Super Bowl bound. Forget tanking. We're back. We're back. back. We are the best team. That's exactly how this is going to go out. That's how this always plays out every single year. We do poorly in one game, and all of a sudden, it's like, ah, we're doomed. This season's going to be the worst. Get the paper bags out. Put them over our heads. They're going to win one game. And we're going to think it's the greatest turning point of, of the century. So that's what's going to happen. So, no, you're not going to tank it. You're going to just hobble through, possibly. You'll do better than hobble. You'll do, they'll do fine. They're just not. And are there any other fan bases besides the ones that are obviously tanking and bad that will get to the start of the season or a week or two into the season like this one and opine for being bad? And by the way, I'm a part of that. I'll get to 0-3 if the Vikings get there and say, well, there's really no point in winning many games. So I'm a part of it. But how many other fan bases do this? Can't be just us. No, I think it's super, super, super common in football, too. Mm -hmm. Because there's only 17 games. I bet you today Pittsburgh fans are like, boy, it'd be nice to get one of those. That was pretty pretty rough showing for them. That's because they went up against a really good quarterback. So, you know. Yeah, pretty good quarterback for the Pretty good quarterback, guys. Unbelievable! Last pick of the last pick of the draft. This is one Mr. of the most Relevant. incredible things. I once said that the Tom Brady sixth round thing would never happen again, and somehow the guy who was the last, the team that traded up to three to take uh, Trey Lance, who they've now traded, somehow just decided to grab a flyer on yeah. Brock Purdy. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. It is really interesting. It is. Go Cyclones! Not this weekend, but go Cyclones. Nah, you didn't play well this weekend. Oh, I. Not don't need to talk about it. You think my kids heard choice words coming out of me when I slipped and fell? No, it was far worse during that game. I had to make sure they were all outside. It was. You do realize in football they were a god awful forever, right? Yeah, I was there during those portions, but I figure if I went through four years 
of trash. Gene Chizik coming in and then leaving and going to Auburn and winning with them. Winning the national title. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It was great. If you he... survived the Paul Rhodes era, Jesse, you I can did. survive anything. Dan McCartney. I went through three coaches in four years while I was there. Dan, Dan McCartney. McCartney. He was coach for the first two years. Then he had Gene oh, wow. for a year. And then Paul Rhodes, senior year. See? A little cyclone history for you. I, yeah, very I, good. Iowa State fans. Let's uh, let's do a little wrap as we always do with our team before I die. Time now for the Before I Die crew to give us their <clears throat> Before I Die. Roscoe, why don't you kick us off this week? So I thought about this yesterday watching the Red Zone channel, which I am want to do between commercial breaks for the Minnesota Vikings and when the Vikings aren't playing. And Red Zone's pretty good about showing you how teams got into the Red Zone or other big plays. But I came up with another idea for the NFL. The next channel up or down from the Red Zone channel should be called Between the Zone where they show you only plays between the 20-yard lines. So you can catch more of the plays and more of the actual football. The Red Zone channel's great, but it's convinced most people that all NFL games are super great and super exciting, and there's always fun things happening. Eh, I mean, for as much as I love the sport, not really. The Between the Zone channel, yes, I've already coined it, Between the Zone would show you more of what happens between the 20s and let people see more of the game and those three and outs that Judd talked about with the Minnesota Vikings. Her dog likes it. Jesse, your dog loves that idea. Apparently, uh, before I die, I'm going to get a better home security system than my dog to between chase away the from zone, yeah, dogs are Between <laughs> the zone. Well, they sort of do show that, though. Like when there's periods where the yep. team is not actively. I mean, that, that, that channel is just my dream come true. It's the greatest channel in the world. I also am going to add one very quickly. Judd, I know you've heard this at Gopher football games. I'm going to give a free plug. I don't think it's back this year. Big voice guy would always say when the Gophers get inside the 20 and Iowa does this too, the Gophers have entered the blank red zone, or in this yep. case, it was the Case IH red zone. Yep. Okay, yep. if the Gophers get in at the 19 and then Kaliak Manis is sacked at the 23, I want that guy to say the Gophers have now left the Case IH red zone, or then when they get back in, he announces they've re entered. If I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for the oh, sponsor, you want this. I want as many yes. mentions as I can get. It's very smart. I, I, you know what? I kind of okay. like it. I I'm got, all maybe, over the zones today. You're all over the zones. Uh, yeah, let's. I don't hate it. Thank it you very more. much. It's sort, of an, in, it's sort of a intriguing thought. Yeah, because you have enough people. I think that would be interested in. That. I'm not sure yeah, the like, team would like that though. You know, no. like if you're the golfers and you're like. The Gophers have just left the case, you know, sack uh, sack by Wisconsin. That's a three yard loss. And the Gophers have left the Case IH Red Zone. I don't know they really like that. <laughs> the Gophers have re entered the Case IH Red Zone. Yeah. Judd, what you what you got for this week's Before I Die? Uh, before I Die, when it comes to your, your uh, favorite style of football, college, Jesse, here's what I would like. I would like to see now that these conferences have expanded beyond belief, um, unless you are playing a marquee non-conference opponent, you have to just play conference games. Mm. So like the golfers on, on Saturday, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but like this past week, what good. And I know it was not a great game, but what good does that game do fans make that a big 10 game? 
Like, you got enough teams now. You're not going to need to like be like, oh, man, there's only X amount of teams. Um, so I think you can petition for a marquee game. But as far as we're going to pay, you know, um, directional school from Michigan $250,000 to try to blow their drawers off, let's end <laughs> that. Let's end that. Let's have conference play as much as possible. Um, again, unless it's going to be a marquee non-conference game which i think can be approved but beyond that just play conference games i agree with that like louisiana state coming up in like two weeks like what i didn't even know that well all right and like like the cyclones against the hawkeyes is fine because they play you know and and that's a pretty that's a marquee game Mm -hmm. but yeah like there's these crappy teams that just invade your it's like no let's turn it into some sort of flag football for charity you know maybe get some some names out there i don't know do something kind of fun maybe same thing could you simplify? We'll never it? do it. Could no. you simplify it though, Judd, and just say one non-conference game? Because not everybody's going to be able to get a marquee matchup. So could you do one non-conference game and eleven conference games, something like that? Sure, but I want I want to have say like you can't schedule a cream puff, and I get to decide who the cream puffs are. You specifically, like, always well, goes through Judd. Like these are Judd's. I mean, allowed. I can do it. I got the time. <laughs> See, now I want to be sitting by you though. Because what happens the day, five years from now, Mark Coyle picks up the phone, your plan's been adopted, and Mark Coyle's still here, and he says, Judd, I got an idea. Our also ran that we're going to play, and I know I'm going to catch heat for this. We want St. Thomas in week one. Mm. Can I say no to that? I think a lot of people in Minnesota would love to see the Gophers play. If it's in state, I might say yes. But I'm okay. talking directional schools. No directional schools. So like Northern Hy- Iowa, hyphens, you would say no. Northern hyphens, Iowa's out, St. Yeah. Thomas in. And hyphens and directions, not allowed. <laughs> so so like if your school has a, a directional portion to its name or if your school has a hyphen, you're out. No way. Because, yeah, yeah, St. Thomas eventually probably would, would be fun. The Gophers probably wouldn't play them at some point in time because they're afraid no. they might get upset. Yeah. No, yeah. they don't want to. That's... Those teams not playing in basketball makes zero sense. Well, they'll play in hockey at XL later this uh I know, because Gopher Hockey's got the year. cojones. Mm-hmm. That's the true. Cojones. The cojones to do it. <laughs> Take mine's, us home, Jesse. Oh, mine's way lame. I'm just going to teach my kids how to pick up before I die, which probably will never happen. Like, I actually yeah. legit will yeah. die before that's, they Why do you think that's, that's going to happen? I have no idea. It hurts. The tailbone very well, wait. bruised. Does um off that point? Does your husband pick up? No, of course not. I am okay, the then, only person in this household that seems to know yeah. how to pick so up. So if your clean. husband don't pick up, then you ain't gonna have any chance of getting <sighs> your kids to pick up. This is, they wonder why I golf all the time. Why I'm always out of this house because I can't. Your cart mom. Exactly. Is the tailbone so bruised you're sitting on one of those donuts? Yeah, I got a donut. It's no, it's you fine. didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I want to see this. I I changed my child's boppy into like the donuts. Like this will work for the time being. Where's your cane? I should get one. Getting old. See, this is why bad back again. You're gonna come in the press box at the X. Move aside, Sonny. Move aside. Here comes Jesse Pierce. What do you do? Oh, that could get some good answers though. I could probably work that. Just take your cane and batter pe- people. With exactly. It. Get them. All. I'd be a great spot in the scrums then too, because you have to. You know. Oh, and then you could like the hit hit Sarah and Russo yeah. with it. Exactly. And really get your way to the front. You'd all- be the first person to be told, "Excuse me, Miss, can you get that walker off of the logo, please?" <laughs> I kind of want the that. logo's gone. Yeah. What? When did the logo go away? That's how long it's been since I've been it's in their weird. locker room. It's on the roof now. Yep. 
Well, you can't step on it then. Can't step on it then. Why don't all teams do this? That's a whole other thing. Because what was it? Pittsburgh, the Steelers, they put ropes around it so people can't, like, just take it off the floor. Just move it. If you don't want it walked on by people, then yes, don't have it all, don't have it embroidered into the carpeting. That's my second. There you go. That's my second before I die. Before I die, I just like move that. the logos to the ceiling and watch out for your Way kids. Way to go, toys. Pierce. Thank you. Thank you. As always, you guys, this is Before I Die on Score North and Purple Daily. So much Purple Daily content. It is football season, baby. We absolutely love it. Uh, content every single day. Obviously, follow along. Judd on Twitter or X. We're calling it X. 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 It's the X machine. It's the X machine and the rest of us as well. We will be back next Monday uh, per usual. As always, Skull Vikings. There's no Hennepin. Do you want it? You have to. It's tradition. Hannah Penn. Hannah Penn. (laughs) Hannah Penn. Hannah Uh, Penn. Weak.